Welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on iTunes. Search Glue or search Glue Guys. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. And check us out on thebrookengame.com. Brian. Mike, I can tell this is going to be a good pod. You know why? Why is that? Because there was technical difficulties to start it off. And, so every and, pod would be. <laughs> and when, yeah, every pod is great. Uh, well, you know what it does? It gets your, in a, it, it gets your like killer instinct engaged, you know? You just see red. Once you get to a certain place where uh, old, Mike old starts tinkering tinker, around with the thing to a point where if you say anything, he's just like, "Stop! Shut up!" <laughs> it's it, it's it's just it's gotten to the point where you know it's every pod we start off with we have a little technical difficulty and it's you know tradition. what I get I'm so excited to do every pod that we do and then. When these technical difficulties come through, I'm just like, oh my lord! Mm. We need to buy a radio station. You know what it does? So it makes you this value. Personally. It makes you value the pod. That's why it. That's why it helps so much. Um, welcome back to you guys. This is our trade deadline special. The trade deadline is nearly here. <laughs> it's um, be quite a thing. The, the uh, Nets tradition of being completely uninteresting continues. The it's very unlikely. You know, not really having a real GM. It's very unlikely anything real will happen. But we will kind of discuss. Generally, what we think this team should do, talk about the overall big things around the NBA. We're not going to break down the Courtney Lee three-way trade. What? Why not? I don't think that's something that, you know, we're going to really... Not, the not, waters with which we are not going to wade into. Um, what happened there? They traded Courtney Lee? <laughs> uh, some guys moved around. What? Who? I forget. Courtney Lee went to Charlotte. Uh, Chris Anderson went to Memphis. PJ Harrison, I think, went somewhere else. Whoa, whoa, Maybe whoa, to Memphis. Whoa. Um, but it doesn't really matter. So, welcome to the glue guys, Brian. How's it going? We're um, in your we're in your basement. I know your you guys flooded out basement. Um, yeah, it looks like we took a little water down here. Um, we'll we'll bail it out after the show. Um, yeah, well, you know our days are numbered in the glue den. We're gonna have to have a new glue den soon, Mike. We don't have to go into it, but and it's, unfortunately, it's sad. In, if it's in New Jersey, yeah, I know it's not gonna be a whole that lot. Maybe the end of the pod. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, we'll just be um, we'll be skyping. We'll be skyping. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder what we'll be like over Skype, though, Mike. I've never. It's been a long time since. It'll I, actually probably be easier technically. Is that right? You just won't be able to play your drops, so we'll have to figure that out. I'm not doing it then. I'm not. If I don't have I my don't drops, could, I don't know. If, well, maybe you could play your drops over the computer. I don't know if the computer, what you play on your computer, on Skype, will get through to us. Anyways, so this is the trade deadline pod. Um, you know, it's, the Nets are an interesting place because they don't have a GM. They don't really have a direction with which the franchise wants to go into. They have two legitimate trade pieces that it's unclear of how much interest there really is around the league for either of those two guys, being Thad Young and Brooke Lopez. Um, of the two, it seems like Thad Young actually has... Sort of the most interest, just because I think that's because his name is out there more than Brooke Lopez's. But nobody, this is not but actually. That, but, but that's that that means that there's interest. That means that people are talking about him. That yeah. you know, maybe that's also because he's easier to fit onto any team because of, than Brooke. Um, the uh, what well, the <clears throat> the it was the Toronto Raptors that were looking to to scoop up themselves, either Kenneth Fareed or Thaddeus. I think it's interesting those two players are you know they they. Feel like they're interchangeable or something. Kenneth Freed's very, very unique player. I don't know. Yeah, like if you're going for him, it's it's a very unique kind of team you're trying to build. 
in generally, I think he's sort of the player that he, uh, if he's on your team, he can put up a lot of, he can put up points and he can put up rebounds. But I think if he's on an actual really good team, his role's going to be so decreased. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, he's, he's going to become an instant role player. Like, yeah. KFA would be good on the Nets because the Nets are no good. And he would, he would do sort of what Thad Young is doing. Yeah. Uh, but if you put him on a really good team, I just think he's just a, he's a, either an underqualified starter or an overqualified role player, but he's not, mm-hmm. not going to change the direction of your team. No, yeah. A live body that, uh, if, if you have that other actually good people that are live bodies, you don't really need, if he, he's not a spot up shooter. I, I don't, like, to be honest with you, I've watched very little Kenneth Freed, despite the fact that he's a Newark product. For whatever the reason, the Nuggets, right. I just haven't paid attention to them for, like, two years now. Um, well, because, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I wouldn't. We just wouldn't, we yeah. don't have to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they did almost make something, a, a really interesting move, which, uh, the Clippers offered, it seemed like they offered Blake Griffin and Lance Stevenson for basically all the, the good players, all the team. good players on the Nuggets. Yeah. It was, it was, that was a real 2K sports trade right there. Um, and what's it, what is always so interesting again, which is also why you should have the GM coach separation is that the person making that trade would have been Doc Rivers. I mean, so if you're Blake Griffin, where else are you turning? I mean, you, you know for a fact that that if the reporting is true that the Clippers offered him, Blake Griffin, and Lance Stevenson for this bevy of players from the Nuggets, it only could have really come from one source. It's not as if there's some assistant GM making calls about this type of thing, um, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. But, the, okay, for the Nets, we'll, we're going to get news around the league later. <laughs> sure, yeah. And I have a couple questions. You know, we'll hit a few things. I mean, oh, I'll, only... I'll answer them for you. No problem. I got this. Um, the main question for the Nets, and we've addressed this before, is uh, what should be the direction of the team? Uh, they they can make a, a, um, a decision either way. They can either hold serve, keep Thad and Brooke for at least the rest of this season, use those two guys as semi-foundational pieces and move forward, try to sign free agents, blah, 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 or do a complete teardown, get what you can for them, get bad boring first round picks that offer a little hope because there's mystery your, your prejudice is obviously it's yeah. creeping in here um do yeah. you feel what we've talked about the the you know the plan 1a and 1b um there's just one plan and i think everyone's on board with this try out free agency if the nets strike out immeasurably and really don't get anyone other than anthony morrow and and travis outlaw then we we go to the apocalyptic scenario and trade everyone away, you know. Um, but until we find out that really it's worth nothing to anybody to actually move to to Brooklyn, um, and we need to know that it'll be important to find out whether or not what's that. It's important like, to is, be in Brooklyn if we can actually attract free agents. Is that is that a thing we yeah. can actually dependably do? Like we've talked about it. Yeah, that's we'll do it. Yeah, and I mean we we landed Darren Williams, so. There's been some evidence that we have the ability to convince people if we're extremely indignant and and um, you can conv- they got to convince Darren Williams after then um, adding on that okay then we'll also have to get you Joe Johnson and Gerald Wallace we'll get you right. all there of these a whole guys lot of groundwork to make you feel that happy. went into that yeah insane but anyhow so we did all that um, we won't be able to do that obviously for um, you know whoever Demar Derozan or whatever it is that we're going for. Yeah, and and so and that's the thing. Like Demar Derozan's name is brought up a ton. If you're a Nets fan, 
uh, as like a possible guy, sort of the young player that could end up being pretty good. But he's from L.A., so if you think, you know, let's say he wants to leave Toronto, if he does. He may not even want to because he seems to be extremely close with Kyle Lowry. They have the second-best team in the East at the moment, you'd say. Maybe. Um, yes. They can pay him as much as they want to. But it, he's from L.A. He has no connection to Brooklyn. The Lakers have enough money where they, they, they could offer him a big deal. You know, yeah, it's like no, it's a long shot in any in any direction. If you go down the list of free agents, it doesn't look great. I mean, the one guy, and we'll talk about him in news around the league is uh, it's not Blake Griffin, but Dwight Howard. Does he decide? You know what? I've had enough of being second fiddle to James Harden. <laughs> Houston's offering him to seemingly everyone. I mean, sh- he's being linked to Charlotte. I don't know what Charlotte's thinking. I mean, they must think that they can't attract real free agents there. So. Let's get Dwight Howard and let's hope that Michael Jordan's just aura impresses him enough that... The, Who are they going to trade for Dwight Howard? What was the rumor? It, it would have to be something like Zeller and just pieces, just small, mm-hmm. tiny, little pieces for Dwight Howard. I mean, it seems like you could have Dwight Howard. It doesn't seem like it takes all that much to get Dwight Howard. Uh, really for anything. Mm-hmm. And... You know, he's on my fantasy team, so I'm aware of his stats. His stats look fine. But then again, you, so a question I'll ask you in News Around League and I'll ask you now. There's, there's also a lot of rumors about Hassan Whiteside, and it seems like the Heat just don't want him. He's fantastic. I, yeah. which I don't get. So like, I don't watch the Heat. I don't know what they do. You know, like, I don't, I don't, yeah. it's like one of those things where like, you know, maybe his stats are great, but then when, if you actually watch him game to game, you realize oh, he's so limited in certain ways that he's not, I mean, I've watched a fair amount of him. I've certainly watched a, a good amount of like YouTube clips of him and stuff. Um, what what seems to me to be the case is that he's like n- not well liked by people by authority figures. Um, he's kind of a an odd, petulant type of person. Have you gleaned you, any of that by his? Which is actually. <coughs> oh, Mike! Whoa! What happened? You swallow a bug? A fly in the ointment here. Um... <laughs> That's actually and, and that's actually the type of player that the Nets need to target. Petulant, <laughs> petulant, Child but talented. Man. Yeah, um, but, we, we but, don't have any petulance. There's there's almost zero petulance on this team. I would say. Yeah, and that, and that's why, like when when last week we brought up how like can you believe that Donald Sloan's a starting point guard? You know, I'm not going to get angry with anyone on this team just because it's not like a team that I really like. There's no one to get angry at. You can be angry at Joe Johnson I mean, for not being good. The idea of like having an asshole on your team is not to necessarily be angry. There's something good about having an asshole on your team. Like it's um, there's a, the old Rod Thorne uh, rule. Are you familiar with this, Rod Thorne? You, you can't have, have two. Yeah, just just one asshole in every team. That's that's the way to do it. Um, and uh, and that was like Kenyon Martin, for example, was an asshole, sure, but made made everyone feel tough. You lovable know? though. Yeah, lovable if you're on his team and. You know, for the most part, and he would occasionally like try to beat you up if you were like, say, Alonzo Mourning or something, uh, when who's like had kidney failure and was still like <laughs> trying to fight Kenyon Martin. Um, but we don't. We've gone all to the other side of the spectrum. We have zero assholes. To at least it seems that way. I don't know. If, I mean, we got rid of our one big asshole, but he was the wrong kind of asshole. Not the asshole the teammates would want to stick up for. He was an asshole interior, not exterior asshole. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. That's actually a really good point. Like I like that. that I said the word asshole probably too much in that short span. Sure. But 
<laughs> sure. But you get you get my meaning. Um, with regards to Whiteside versus Dwight, I think that like to be honest, the I, I don't know that any team would really benefit that much from having Dwight Howard on their team at this point. It really seems like that uh, story has has crested and and arced and is now on the way out. I think that kind of basketball too is is pretty much dated. I think it, that's a 2008 phenomenon. Um, that doesn't really, that's like, it's, um, he, he wants to play like Shaquille O'Neal, but he's not as big as Shaquille O'Neal. And to right. be really, truly successful doing that, you have to build a very specific kind of team. And, and Orlando, you know, I, I thought a lot about that team in 2009. Um, they had a very unique team and it was very like well put together, you know, f- like when it was all said and done, basically they had the, the, you know, presence of mind to just put nothing but three-point shooters and have Dwight Howard rebound everything that came in his in his path um the the Rockets have a like they kind of have a close version of that but Dwight Howard is not I mean not Dwight um James Harden is like a totally different kind of player exactly and so it's not that they're like oil and water necessarily it's just they're not it's just not exactly the square peg in the square hole you know and and Dwight's Dwight's ability in the pick and roll is basically that he is going to roll. Yeah. It's not that he's going to be a pick yeah, and pop. Exactly. Like, there's no like it's a, other it's dimension. A hard roll. Yeah. And and you know so there's all this stuff about and Dwight's going to get a max deal from someone. So that's what makes Charlotte sort of interesting is that because Charlotte is slightly disadvantaged in getting free agents that yeah. maybe they think of it like okay Dwight Howard is out there he's he's there to be had and then we're going to offer him a max deal full contract and yeah. it's unlike we get a shot at a guy like Howard. Now that being said I mean like Charlotte is is a I mean I I wouldn't fault Charlotte for pursuing this you know like they they are obviously limited they have a like horrific history of not getting players to perform once they like actually get them um so and they really badly need like an influx of interesting players and so that would really help just in general the surrounding ethos uh, of the team. So I have no problem with them actually doing it. I don't expect them to like benefit enormously from it, I guess. Right. And and sort of also the thing is like I want to bring this up about sort of the end of season rental. Um again with Whiteside and Howard, uh, a couple of these guys that are going to be free agents next year. Pretty much any time we look, you look back at those end of season rentals, like Ryan Anderson's a perfect example. They don't add all that much to the overall success of that team for that particular season. Yeah, there's been examples of really good teams. They add that one final piece that may be only a team for the end of the season. Yeah. They do really well. It takes them to the championship, takes them to the Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, blah, blah, blah. Adding Dwight Howard for three months. <laughs> Unless if you're one specific team, which may be just Toronto, yeah. you know, or it may be Golden State wouldn't do it, the Spurs wouldn't do it, the Thunder wouldn't need a Dwight Howard, but the Thunder could use the Thunder is probably the one team that really should use a rental. But um, you're going to look back and let's say it what it takes to get Dwight Howard would be one or two young assets, whether there be a young player or a pick or something like that, and then a salary to match. So let's say you're the Celtics and you say, all right, you get David Lee, Kelly Olynyk, and a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. They get Dwight Howard for two, two, three months. They end up going to the Eastern Conference Finals. They lose. Then he leaves town. Mm-hmm. Then you look back on that trade and you just say, that there's that gave you really nothing. It gave you another round of the playoffs that you maybe wouldn't have gotten and some experience. But then when he leaves town, you have a huge hole 
and even a bigger hole than what was there before because you you gave away assets in that way. See, you know, I mean, like this I, is, I, this I just don't like, think there's any appetite for rentals. I like, feel like th- yeah, I mean, and that this is a very like extreme case of a rental because it's a very short amount of time and particularly like unpredictable player. Like there's really zero assurances that any like you convince them in any amount of time to do anything. Just totally unpredictable. But I will say that I think that. This zero sum, like if you don't win a, if it doesn't serve the purpose of winning a championship, then it's like ultimately futile. Is uh, I don't know. I think it's like missing a part of like the essence of like watching the sport. I don't know. This is gonna get too meta or something, but um, please do. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like like making a like you know being conservative uh, is as damaging as making like you know crazy attempts at at you know success. Um, you know, I I can't think of a ton of examples of like teams that were too conservative. For, I mean, even like let's say like your Washington Wizards are pretty much right now in jeopardy of like being overly conservative. And hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, and so like they they are like probably safe enough to like you know keep with this core for you know a period, and they'll they'll get to their playoff runs and here and there, but they won't have a sort of meteoric event. They won't have a a real like you know. A, a proper, uh, like potentially championship run. And I think I almost equate championship runs with like actual championships. And maybe that's because like I'm a Nets fan and never won any championships. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I also think that it's like we, we like undervalue the, 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 f- how much fun it is to like go all in, you know? I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, so the, the, every season there's this debate of do you want to be the eighth seed yeah. in any playoff situation or do you want to get into the lottery? Yeah. Which is always ridiculous just because, like, uh, so what? I, my pick is two picks worse, but I'm also in the playoffs. I get a whole round of the playoffs, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. I get the Warriors in my building. Yeah. You know, if you're a situation like the Rockets who lose their first round pick, if they are out of the lottery, um, that makes sense. But if, if there's no pick restrictions, it's fine. I totally agree with you that there is value in getting to a certain level, mm-hmm. even if it's not the final level of winning a championship. Um, my situation is in specific circumstances where it's uh, Dwight Howard. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think Dwight Howard gets you there. Let me just go ahead and say that. Yeah. Like, even if you, even if the Celtics do get that for like exactly the trade that you said, for example, which would be a really bad trade because their pick, like, seems like it's going to be really good this year because it's our pick. Um, so you wouldn't want to do that trade, right? But but I'm just saying in general, like that, like a, a phenom kind of trade that, like, like <laughs> you know, not to. In retrospect, it sounds insane to say this, but like you know, despite the fact that it ended up horribly, it was insanely <laughs> fun when we traded. Ger- you better see, <laughs> you see Gerald Wallace. No, Ger- oh. no, what we traded for uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Right. No, not Gerald. Wallace. That wasn't fun at all. That was. And, and no one knew that the the crater that would have been left from that trade would have been so immediate. You know, the idea yeah. again, we there's a million times, but the idea of that trade was that. Garnett and Pierce would be there for probably at least two years yeah. together. They would be really good along with all these other guys. Yeah. And then, so then those, this, this specific first round pick wouldn't matter as much and ones going forward then maybe would hurt, but at least the team would have been more legitimate. There's been possible momentum, blah, 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 blah. And that's sort of the thing I guess you can't predict. And it, really smart people are going to say, well, the Nets really shouldn't have given up all these unprotecteds because, you know, this is how basketball works. Things happen. People are old and they mm-hmm. leave town. Um, but it's also just like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I think, uh, being conservative, as you said, so my wizards, um, 
they're waiting for Kevin Durant to come. Mm-hmm. He's not going to come. Okay, it's it's pretty much almost 100 percent at this point. There's been no inkling, none that he wants to come to D.C. Mm-hmm. They're they are wasting John Wall's prime on the fact that Kevin Durant may come. Now, now the one percent chance that Kevin Durant does come, the the ceiling that is risen from that moment getting Kevin Durant is so much higher than possible any move that they can make. But they're also ruining uh, the shot of John Wall being a really good player. And wanting to play with another really good player. Bradley Beal's not all that great. Um, they, they have all these sort of old veterans who really aren't that good. They're, you know, you know what they're waiting on? And Nets fans will understand this. They're saying that Alan Anderson, who hasn't played all year, who's going to come back healthy at some point, is their deadline pickup. It's oh like, my God. if they're, is that really, that's the, how bad the situation is. They're waiting on Alan Anderson to show up. That he's gonna he's gonna oh, be no, like gonna a be phoenix so from the ashes and change this team, which is just <laughs> ridiculous. Um, no, back to the nuts. Sure. Uh, just yes or no. Broken Thad on this team past the deadline. Past yeah, of course yeah. yes. And then we wait to find out what happens at free agency, and then when we invariably do not land anyone meaningful. Then next trade deadline, yes, something, probably. I mean, to me, the only type of deals that could ever, ever happen for this team, one will definitely not happen, which would be um, because they have no first-round picks, the way the Nets could acquire talent is by taking on overpriced talent. You know, your Rudy Gays <laughs> of the world, the guys who are getting paid too much for the production that they put out, but blah, blah, blah. Um, they won't do that this year. There's a reason why Darren's gone is because it's not because they didn't really like him, which they didn't like him. It's because he cost too much money and they wanted to see him gone off the books so they could be below the luxury tax and blah, blah, blah. So that deal won't happen. Um, the other deal would be trading Brooker Thad for multiple first round picks. That deal's not going to happen. There, there's not going to be, um, they're not even going to get like the Omer Ashik trade or the Timothy Mozgov trade that Cleveland Cleveland gave, mm-hmm. I think, two first-round picks for Mozgov. Yeah. If for some reason, you're not going to get that with Brooke. It's, his salary is too high. Yeah. He's not the same type of plug-and-play center that Mozgov was. Even though Brooke's a better player than Mozgov, for some reason, Mozgov no, is it's more true. valuable. It's, a, it's an odd kind of bell-shaped curve for value. So these multiple first-round picks aren't going to come. Now, if, if, if suddenly out of the blue... Toronto or someone offers, you know, there's the, the rumor Toronto trade, the uh, Patrick Patterson. I think it's Delon Wright, mm-hmm. a guy who I allegedly liked. I oh, remember what do you liking. Mean allegedly, <laughs> I remember liking, but I haven't seen him play all year. I liked him in sure. college just because he's six five, uh-huh. six five point guard. No, I remember. I saw, I saw time. the uh, what is that? The draft. Uh, I called Bobby Portis. Draft Express, man. It's been a while since I haven't even loaded up Draft Express in a minute. I haven't needed to. Yeah, well, not going to need to yeah. this year, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the rumor of Wright, Patrick Patterson, and then maybe a first round pick for Thad Young. You know, if, if the first round picks the Knicks pick, I would consider doing that. Um, I'm in much more of a state to trade Thad Young just because I think you can find relatively what Thad Young does. Um, if you can get a, a decent first round pick out of it. But Brooke, I, I don't see the benefit of ever trading Brooke for like the twentieth pick in the draft. What's gonna what's gonna be I mean, neither of it really sounds that enticing to me at this point. Uh, I don't know. Just I don't know. By the way, do you buy 
there's always this simmering with the GM search. Hmm. R.C. Buford. We've talked about it. <laughs> I know. It keeps coming back up. Why does this bubble up? I mean, um, there's something behind it. Someone's pushing that. It's it's obviously, it's got to be nuts, people. <laughs> it's got to be, it's got to be programs, people saying we're really interested. I mean, Buford famously doesn't, the whole Spurs organization don't talk, they don't leak things, things like that don't get out. Mm-hmm. So it's coming from the nets. Yeah. I, but but they really, where they really and want why? Like, that's why they really want them. <laughs> they want them to know they really want them. Um, because they can't actually talk to them, right? Yeah, I mean, they're I, gonna I, have to so settle they, for Sean Mark. So, um, and uh, and some guy whose name I'm super unfamiliar with, and I'm gonna be shit. What's it? Uh, Ari Karnasovas. Yeah, sounds promising. Heck, um, I'll learn it. How is this team going to get better? <laughs> well, gosh, <clears throat> I told you we're only one or two players away from from being competitive. You know, I completely agree with that. It just it'll be interesting to see how they go into free agency. Um, one last thing before we go into news around the league, just generally. Uh, you know, I don't think this team is going to make any trades, but maybe. Boyan Bogdanovich. Good news. <laughs> it looks like Bargnani is going to get bought, bought, bought out. out. I can't believe you're saying good news now. I, I'm saying you, good you, news you, now. Wow. You are eating golden crow. Ives. Ives tweeted us. Come on. You got you to gotta <laughs> lean to this guy harder. He really deserves it. I, 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 it's, you know, I'm, I'm actually happy with that. Uh, very rarely am I so loud. I mean, I'm probably loud wrong all the time. I picked the Bucks for the playoffs two or three years ago when they were the worst team in the league. But... Um, <laughs> Loud wrong is that a thing I've never heard. That. Loud wrong, wow. yeah. Bargnani, loud wrong on that. Is that a that's a sports journalism phrase? Yes, mm-hmm. I learned a, I learned it at Newhouse, the SI Newhouse uh, School of Public Communications at Syracuse <laughs> University. Wrong. We'll do news around the league. Oh yeah, wait till I just get away from the page and then I'll drop it it's on you. Not our best draft. Not our best stuff. We're going to get it better. Um, news around the league. Trade deadline special. <laughs> <laughs> why, didn't you, why didn't you tell me you needed a drop for that? I would have made one. We'll do it next year when yeah, you're in good. Ringwood, New Jersey. or <laughs> Wherever you are. Ring, Is ring that worm, a place? Yeah, Ringworm, New Jersey. You got it. <laughs> um, <coughs> news around the league questions here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, talking about simmering. R.C. Buford, blah, blah, blah. Simmering uh, big player trades. It seems like we have these names, you know, Dwight Howard, Al Horford, Kevin Love, and Blake Griffin. Uh, Doc Rivers just said recently, we're recording this on Tuesday night, is it? It is, yeah. Uh, That Blake would not be traded. Blake has been talking to the media today about him punching that trainer. Um, (laughs) Do you think Blake wishes he didn't punch that trainer in the face so hard that he broke his own hand? Well, you know what's so... (laughs) Did the trainer's face break? Did Did he... I don't know, actually. Not a bad question, right? Because, like, toughest man in the world. <laughs> face it broke. Like, he broke the guy was like, he was like five nine, taking punches in the face from Blake Griffin, and the guy broke his hand. Come on now. What's interesting is that this incident, this punching incident, and Blake getting hurt is somehow uh, being attached to Blake's overall health. The fact that, like, Blake had oh, like, like his a, like injury. Yeah, his, his injury. <laughs> like, you know, people are worried. Like, oh, yeah. you can't trust Blake for. Blake was out with a knee injury that was only going to be like a couple of weeks. And now that he broke his hand, it seems like 
media types, people talking about like the fact that like, oh, Blake, you know, like you're going to get damaged goods in the way that he's never going to be healthy. But it's he broke his he hand punched, punching someone punching and had a knee injury that's fairly common in yeah. the league. People are out for a couple of weeks. They come back and they seem fine. Um, actually, if you're going to be really honest, it's probably helpful that he's resting his knee in an extended period. Less damaged goods. Broken mm-hmm. hand. Come on. Yeah. Get healthy from it. Um, Al Horford, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin. I'm not going to count Dwight Howard in this group. Any of those guys, any chance that they move? Do you, do you feel like that, that, that we're going to see sort of the big, uh, one big mega trade, one big headline trade before the thing is done? Or is it, is this going to be a boring deadline deal? That's a good question. Um, Golly. I mean, the only team, so you have to look at the, what teams would do that, right? The only teams that would, that have the real capability is the Celtics. The Celtics are the one team that has the firepower to do that. Um, seems like Cleveland probably wants to really get rid of Kevin Love. It just seems like the odd man out in this thing. No? Which is interesting. And then the, the people bring up this like Carmelo to Cleveland thing. Regardless of how you, what would Carmelo do differently or better than Kevin Love? I don't know if they if there's the only thing that he really adds is that he's another he's a better ball handler than Love, but he's not a better passing player. Love is just as good of a shooter from deep. Love is a better uh post player. So Love off I think I, so like people want Carmelo to go to Cleveland. Kevin Love to go to the Celtics and the Celtics to give picks to the Knicks so the Knicks can then surround Porzingis with players. But in my mind, you know, Carmelo doesn't really offer Cleveland all that much. And then you just kind of have the weird situation where Carmelo is going to be like LeBron's kickout man that he's just going to throw passes to in three-point line. He's going to shoot threes. We're going to get Team USA mellow, which I don't think would happen. Uh, with Cleveland, I mean, I don't know. I think you might. I, I'm trying to like picture the basketball geometry here, and uh, the kind of like the way that Cleveland plays is like Kevin Love obviously wants them to play a certain way, um, and they're just not going to. It's not. It's not a um, uh, like a ticky tacky like like a technical passing type of team. Like yeah, LeBron James is like a good playmaker and stuff, but really from basically everyone all the uh wing players are like hyper crazy athletes like lockdown defenders it's a team that really wants to overwhelm you with their athleticism um and kevin love doesn't do that timothy timothy sorry mozgov uh doesn't do that and so um it's like i i understand like the thought process and putting them there in the first place but i think with with the amount of players that they have that do like the thing that I'm saying, I think you got to go all in on the strategy of just like being like go a hundred percent like super aggressive, like ball handling at every position, and make them all like basically one on one players and yeah drive and kick and yeah um, all that crap like what Cal Parry runs at Kentucky yeah like I don't think you need to like have like a proper like horns you know set up because 95% of the time you're not gonna be running with LeBron like LeBron almost all the time will try to break a play on him on his own and when he does it just becomes like a, a weird hectic broken offensive play that normally results in good things provided that like people are fast enough and quick enough to read the plays where Kevin Love is always just a step slow you know he's just a step dumpier than the next guy 
Um, so I kind of see it. I kind of see it. Do you think? Do you think love is the? Who's more valuable at this point? Is it love or Griffin? Gotta be Griffin. See, I don't know. See, what, what, what interesting is that, like, you know, people have talked about this, but because contracts are so short now, a guy like Love, who I think is locked in a five-year deal at whatever rate it is, the max rate for for that Kevin Love can get, that's super appealing. It's super appealing to actually say, I'm going to have this guy for four years, but I think Blake Griffin, after next season, can opt out or something like that. Like, it, we've gotten to this point now because of salaries that – Long-term deals are the best deal possible to get. That's why, like, when people bring up uh, Brook Lopez rumors that you know the the Nets should trade Brook for future stuff, then try to get Dwight Howard, and basically you flip Dwight for Brook, and then you add whatever value you've gotten from Brook. But I'd rather just have Brook Lopez at the value that he's at with that with what we found out from Chris Mannix a couple of weeks ago that his injury. He has those injury non-guarantees that if he gets hurt, the Nets can kind of cut bait at a certain level. I'd rather have that than Dwight Howard at freaking $30 million a year for five years, which is going to be what his contract is. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, Dwight Howard on a team with nobody else is a sad situation. It's a way worse situation oh than, my a, gosh. than a Brooke Lopez-led team. That is a nightmare. Yeah. That is an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's... It, is it a Dwight Mayer? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, the Nets are Nets practice facility grand opening is tomorrow. Thank God. Are you going to be there? Hell yeah, I'm going to be there. Mayor de Blasio is going to be there? It's de Blasio? Oh, no. It's going to be a big now deal. Now I'm there. It's going to be a big deal. Um, You know, and of Al Horford, Kevin Love, and Blake Griffin, Horford's sort of the easiest to see to get moved, though I don't really know what game the Hawks are playing at. I think they're just waiting to see if someone someone will come by and just say, hey, here's just a bunch of stuff for a guy that you probably don't even want on your team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Kevin Love is going to be moved at some point in, the, in his term of his contract, though I don't think it happens now. Mm-hmm. It probably happens this summer when, again, cap goes up, very limited free agents. Don't you think his value is highest now, though? You're still at the place where it's like he's not in full, like, like forlorn journeyman mode. He's like the value of the contract is going to be awesome because of the way that the cap goes up. But I think the same is true at the end of this season. Like, yeah. I don't think it's going to go down anymore unless if he gets hurt. Yeah, you know, that's, that's I mean, and that you could say that about everyone. Um, it is again very interesting that the Clippers thought. Enough allegedly and reported allegedly, I don't say allegedly, reportedly that they wanted Gallinari, Will Barton, uh, Jokic, and uh, Fareed. It is very interesting that, that they would consider that type of offer. Because if I'm the Celtics, I would then say, okay, you wanted all those players. We'll give you guys that are similar and a pick instead of Jokic. We don't have anyone like Jokic, but you can have Olinick. Crowder, Avery Bradley, and a pick for Blake. And then the Clippers can deny that they want to do that, but I'd probably do that if I was them. Um, Dwight to Charlotte, to me, is the oddest rumor of the whole thing. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. My favorite is the... Uh, Seems like the right fit for him, just like... Just the area in general, Ge- geographically, it's kind of. I the, kind of agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like really what's best for Dwight is yeah. big fish, little pond. Yeah, not uh, yeah. sharing the waters with another shark. It, you know, that is James yeah. Harden. Yeah, 
Kemba Walker is not a big enough star to to really step on his big dumpy toes. And it would basically, I mean, it would be him and Cam Newton would be the stars of Charlotte. Mm. You know, he, the second, he, would, he would just love that. The he second biggest same. star in Charlotte right now is Stephen Curry because he's just from there. And that's what, so like just a guy being from there. I mean, I know Jordan owns the team, but he's, he's, he stays away from the, the spotlight enough. Um, the second biggest star is Steph Curry in Charlotte. So Dwight Howard going there, he would be the biggest name that that franchise has had as a player. It would be interesting. Um, here's some trades I want to see. Oh, yeah. I don't know how this gets worked out. I do want to see Carmelo and the Clippers. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't know who has more trade value, Blake or Carmelo. I would think Blake. Do you think Carmelo's going to get traded this go around? I don't think it's going to happen this go around, right? So you, okay, so going but, back to the question you made me answer, do you think that any of these seismic rifts will actually take place? Any, any, any actual movement? It all comes down to like, who has the, the chips? To actually make this type of move. And I don't know of any team. The reason why we talk about these like Carmelo for Blake for Kevin Love flop flips and flops is because like there's very few teams that are willing to give up draft picks that are also like a good team. The only team. So the, the, there to me, there's a couple of teams out there. The Celtics just because they have so many picks and so many assets that they could they could really do anything. Toronto is really interesting depending on what they want to do. Toronto has a shot at getting someone really good if they were to say we're going all in this year, which I don't know why they would. They just this is the best team that they've had since I guess McGrady Carter back back in the day. I don't even know how good they were, but just talent wise, um, they haven't had a, a team like this. You, and, get, you gotta say that the Celtics are kind of enviable right now. It's really an obnoxiously good job they've done. They are enviable, but they they are still lacking a ton. Sure, but they—you can see that they're on the in the next few years they will be on the precipice of of having a, a formidable team for a long time. Should have one. Should. But is Marcus Smart really that good? Is Avery Brady like are the any of these guys none of these really guys are, that are good? Really that good, and that's what's special about it. It's like, um, I mean, they're overachieving with like a pretty not terim- tremendous uh, roster with the like potential to have a really good roster in a couple of years. Um, gotta love what Brad Stevens has, has done. The way that he, like, I have gotten down the rabbit hole of watching Brad Stevens, uh, inbound plays, uh, on YouTube. Awesome. They're super smart. They're super good. <laughs> is there, is there a rabbit hole with which to fall yes, down into? Yes, there is. <laughs> that exists. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, re- they're really smart plays. It's just like a fun, the inbound play is a nice little way to geek out, like those, like, little, uh, um, but anyhow, so I, I mean, I have, often like you know derided the role of a coach on on certain teams and i think that there is a, a place for like the politician coach but brad stevens is every ounce in the kind of popovich realm of influence or, or soon to be you know he's because i mean he's doing a lot with a little in this case like i don't know i don't even know what popovich would do with this team at this point in his career like you know but he, he seems motivated. He seems creative. He's, he's, you know, writing his intuition here. It's, it's a very special combination of, of, of thinking he's doing. Well, and it, it didn't necessarily seem like it at the time, but as a coach, especially coming from college, he got into the best type of situation is that he got onto a roster loaded with young players who are like pretty good and seem like hard workers. And, 
you know, like in all sports, there's a special place for coaches who do more with less talent. Mm-hmm. He seems to be that coach right now. Now, what's going to happen when he has like? Would Brad Stevens have coached? Let's say he was hired by Cleveland instead well, of see, David Blatt. It's, it's the I get what you're saying, and this is why it's the best situation. It's because you know he gets to make his bones with a bad team first. You know he gets to prove himself with a bad team. It's like you know it's sort of the perfect storm for his confidence and then other superstar players' confidence in him going forward. You know, right? Because it's you're sort of right. The it's opposite of, of it, I mean, Spolster did it as well. Like he he did it. You know he proved himself with a really good team, but then you're also left with well, like. It, we never know if Spolstra is a really good coach. We People say that he's a really good coach, you know, j- but we don't know. We will never, ever know if he participated in those wins at all because he could become an actually good coach in the future. But he was a, like, nubile rookie biatch, and so, you know, he has no business being, like, a like a phenomenon coach. Like, um, like S- Steve Kerr... I don't know. Can you say that? I, th- I feel like Steve Kerr is a little bit more he deserving gets... of that because he was he inherited a very similar team. Spolstra inherited a, like a, a crazy team, even crazier than. I mean, Spur, uh, Spur Kerr took a team to another level where yes. Spolstra was giving a team that was expected to hit the highest level, mm-hmm. and he happened to match that. He he hit it enough of times to be like, okay, so yeah. yeah. I mean, but but yeah, but we're Brad Stevens again. The 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 valuableness of expectations expectations were so low. That he's doing better. Like again, I bring it up. David Blatt. David Blatt could be just as good of a coach as Brad Stevens. We just don't really know because LeBron hates him. Yeah, and Brad Stevens just seems like a nicer Le- person. LeBron would honest. hate Brad Stevens too. Let's like, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. he would. He would, <laughs> say, no he, would yeah. he would not look know. at that face and be like. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna trust you. <laughs> yeah. Um one well, here's one oh, one yeah, little flow. Uh, this, this is me totally making this up. Different speed, okay. Jared Colangelo gets hired by the Sixers. Alright, they try to become more of a legitimate franchise. The whole point of what they were trying to do there was assets, 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 marketing, <laughs> marketing, marketing. We're going to get as many good pieces as we can, and then, you know, always part of the plan would have been to flip them for a really good player. Okay. Sixers trade. Nerlens Noel, who's going to be coming up for a contract very soon, and Julia Okafor, plus maybe something else, for Kevin Love. Now, if, if so I this is totally out of out of the tush and just sort of something that I want to see happen. The reason why I want to see it happen. It would be insane to do that. Kevin Love gets back on a bad team, and we get the twenty-five and twelve Kevin Love again. Here's the thing: you're never, you gonna, think, you're never gonna see him again. That that Kevin yes, Love is we, I gone. Think, I think that Kevin Love is, is very much in there. He just has to be on a bad team. No, he's gone. He's gone. That you can't get that back. You can't get that back. Nerlens Noel fits very well into your whole, uh, you know, like uh, let's get a bunch of super athletic guys on Cleveland. Running and gunning. Listen, I love it for Cleveland. Don't he would wrong. immediately fit in at center, put him next to Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson can finally play a lot more. LeBron, Jr., and uh, Kyrie. You know, you have. Don't a, get me a, wrong. I love it for Cleveland. I mean, if they're going to package Julia Loca for, then you're going to be in, in a real bad way. If they get Kevin Love for Nerlens and Bob Covington or something, then now you're do, talking. Who do you think that's more? So, do you think? It's a better deal for Cleveland than it is for 
Sixers because you, oh, you don't Jaleel, like Devin Love Jaleel anymore. Okafor you, and you yeah, because I don't really love Jaleel Okafor, and I don't think they do either. And they also think the Sixers. There's like rumors that oh, Embiid looks great, and we expect him to come back. Not that they've said this out loud, but that we that they expect him to come back to be like a really impactful player, the player that they thought he was going to be. No evidence of that. I have no evidence. I mean, just because I haven't, I'm not. I don't know what Jaleel. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Joel Embiid in a year. Mike, do you have? Evidence of this? There might be. I told secret, you guys. I've seen him walking evidence? around once have, a year ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hiding know, my evidence from you. You know, I've got sources that I'm you know, You're sitting on the vault. Um, if if I'm the Sixers and I I hired Jerry Colangelo to say we're kind of going away from this tanking thing, would it become more legitimately? Ish Smith is the trade of the year. Mm. Where did I, that come from? I saw that coming a mile away. I watched one game of his in New Orleans before he got injured the first time. He was the only one doing anything on that whole squad. It was it was unbelievable what an engine he had. That that Pelican situation is an absolute travesty. What they're doing to 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 Anthony Davis. They're talking about that they want to get Greg Monroe. Well, all right, one. Why is Anthony Davis not just playing center at this point? I mean, you know, like I know he's. You don't want to put the pounding on your best player at center when he's at that. He's that skinny, I guess. Not that he's super skinny, but he is the ideal like t- today's center. Yeah, block shots and shoots the ball and F- face phenomenal. the basket center like that. Phenomenal. But, yeah. Greg Monroe, are you gonna you're gonna put cement block Monroe down there and ruin the post for Anthony Davis? They have a real fascination with with the the stick in the mud giant center that they had the Osik, they had the yes, they, yeah, they really love no. it. No, really Move away. love it. Get away from that. <laughs> um, and I just love how people were going insane this summer that the Bucks side Greg Monroe. Oh, they took him from the Knicks. Blah blah blah. And now they're like, eh, we don't really want it. By the way. Michael Carter Williams is out there to be had, allegedly. Ugh, barf, barf on myself. Bring him over to the nets. Barf on my Bring body. Bring him over to the nets. I'm barfing. I just barfed. What, 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 what could be given up for? I will, I will give you D Sloan straight up for Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> That's what I'll give you. Let's let's do a, a Boyan Markel nope. for uh, D Sloan. That's it. That's good. <laughs> it's the D Sloan. By the way, we need to make that. I'm sure there is like a quick YouTube horn, but we need to make that so. <laughs> During the games, I f- there's so many times I want to put out the D Sloan horn. Oh, you when wanna... he when he does just a phenomenal on the I court. Can, I can easily upload that. Yeah, we'll yeah make that please happen. do. Um, you know that's also what's what's great about the trade deadline is that you'll hear of these like the Greg Monroe to the Pelicans, and you immediately know that the thinking, like you realize, sort of how not intelligent some of these front offices are. You hear of even the oh. fake trades, even the the imaginary trades, of which which they come up with, and they're you're dumb, you're dumb. and they're bad. Yeah, they're, even the, the trades that they're discussing are bad. Not what? even the ones they do. Mike, why are they why are they thinking these bad things though? What are they thinking? Because they're stuck in the mud. Are they? You're dumb. You're dumb. Can I get some drops in there. By the way, yeah, really like Stan Van Gundy. Okay, yeah. Let me just. Tobias Harris. Did, did I tell you freaking Ilya Sova and Brandon Jennings? That's yeah, it's unbelievable. A did steal. I, did I tell you um, that? So I went to the Nets Pistons game with my uh, with a uh, friend of mine, and we sat pretty close to <laughs> being so like I know well, about it's, my, it's, it's, it's my sister's boyfriend. So that's why I was like, okay, I don't know how to say. Anyways, my sister's boyfriend, and 
sat pretty close to um, Stan Van, the bench, a little bit. Um, and we got a very good insight into his and Reggie Jackson's relationship, which is tumultuous, let me just say. They were going. Reggie Jackson's my boy. Going at it every second. Good tumultuous. Bad. Like, no, no, no. Oh, bad. Yes, <laughs> bad. Are we tempestuous? I should. I should say. Ooh. Yeah. Bad. Not good. They were. Um. And like at some point, like right, like they. Um. It was like halftime or something. One of the assistant coaches pulls Reggie aside for a long time, has a very intimate conversation. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Am I boring you? Is there something? No, no. To- there's just. Uh, you just didn't keep going. There's a Bleacher Report. So there's a Bleach Report team stream notification on my phone. It says the all I saw was Clippers nearing agreement on deal. Mm, no, color me interested. Pull it down to acquire Channing Fry from the Magic, which oh. you know less exciting than trading Blake Griffin to the Nets. I don't see it that way. Get <laughs> like a little Channing Fry action. Oh, that's my phone. Um, yeah, no. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I'm just saying that uh, things things are there's there's some. Uh, so you're not going to be surprised this summer if there's no, like there's this stuff going on behind the scenes big time over there. Let me just tell you, this is, this is to the first-hand experience. I just know every time Reggie uh, Jackson would take a shot, he would like and make a shot. He would grill Stan. By the way, if I'm, what's going to be exciting is that the Nets will not sign any free agents of consequence this summer. And then this team can become the dumping ground of every bad contract. And that would be so exciting. Like if I'm a Trailblazers fan right now, mm. you know, like just they, they could take on every bad contract and get multiple first round mm. picks just to get like because they have so much cap yeah. space. They're the just Nets this get, amorphous. This that's is also, actually the Nets' best chance of getting first round picks yeah. is not signing any free agents, having a ton of cap space and saying, this, this goes back to my whole thing about, like, how fun it is to make a run, because I really, like, you can't, I mean, you can stay bad for a long time if you make a lot of bad decisions over and over again, but if you, you I think that, like, if you're a team that has the sense enough to, like, acquire good players, like, eventually, four years, it's a four-year swing. Like, you, like, every four years, you get the chance to be good again, and if you screw it up, then you screw it up. But, right. like, it's, it seems like a four-year cycle with teams like the Nets or teams like... Um, the Wizards. Or and what people don't even really even talk about is so like tanking stinks, and the team doesn't matter. And as a basketball fan, you know what's really fun? Yeah, is when your team's like, even if yeah. they're fifty I'm and just like, let's get like thirty McCullough minutes. I'm just trying to like just go in deep on Chris McCullough's skill set. Let's, let's just enjoy. You know, seriously, fifty and thirty four is like fun. It's yeah. a very fun team. Any team that's fifty and thirty four. They, they win more games than they lose, and most nights when you watch the team, your team's going to win, and that's 82 games. It's exciting. They get in the playoffs. Maybe they get to the second round. There is value in that. Uh, when your team stinks like the Nets do right now, <laughs> it stinks. Should we take our lone email? Please do. Mail time. Mail time. I'm just going to get right into it. So it's your boy, Mike Wims. Um, Mike is is turning into a uh, email sphere superstar. Um, Third host. Uh, thanks for reaching out. So <clears throat> he says, let's say you are allowed to include other assets and trades, not just player pick swaps, $3 million cash considerations. 
as this is a trade deadline pod and Proki owns 100% of the team now with no incentive to lose, what other assets would you like to see included for some of the better guys on the trade market? Sort of a long-winded question, so I'll summarize. How much gold would you trade Blake Griffin, Al Horford, Hassan Whiteside, Kevin Love for? This you... Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you could put unlimited funds into a trade, you know, I think there's like a five million dollar there's some limit to how much you could you could give another team to a trade. So mm-hmm. we're talking about we just total amount of money. I mean like, you know, if I'm Prokhorov and you could do that, I would say to the Clippers, I will pay off the rest of like Chris Paul's contract or DeAndre's contract if you give me Blake Griffin, because Blake is worth that much to me. Um, Could you imagine how fun it would be if just for like one, just for a month, they would be like all the thing, like just work without cap space, just without cap space. Any, any, <laughs> all the owners who are in position to spend money, go ahead, do whatever you want. All the contracts are void, you know. And you know what I think is that so like Harrison Barnes is going to get a, a max contract this summer, but I think he would how, get. How is that really going to happen? Gonna ha- Ryan Anderson's going to get twenty million dollars. Apparently, that's what Zach Lowe said in his in his art in his article. I mean, like guys like Ryan Anderson are going to get. T- Ryan Anderson plays one side of the court, and he doesn't do anything on the other side, and he's going to get a ton of money. Harrison Barnes, you can sell Harrison Barnes and say like he's from a championship organization. He was best player in high school basketball. He went to North Carolina. Is pretty good. Uh, you can sell him as like we're going to extrapolate out the minutes of which he plays, the production that he that he gives on the court at that time, and say that guy is the next better. He like Demar Derozan. I don't know. That's a great example, but you're going to be able to sell Harrison Barnes as a max guy very easily. Um, he's also a guy you can fit on pretty much any team. He can play the three. He can play the four at times. Blah blah blah. Can I say something? Yeah, you're not feeling it. I don't want Harrison Barnes on this on this Nets team. Gonna get Dude, if, if I guarantee you, if the Nets sign Harrison Barnes, you're gonna be looking up YouTube clips and you're be like, "Next Jordan." I'm gonna be into it. <laughs> that's probably true. It's not that exciting, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Mountains of gold. Uh, Mike, parting thoughts. Nets don't make any moves. Oh come on! I'd be. What would most excite you? Just like what would be the most exciting in the Nets like, in, in, in the in Nets a, verse? Here's what would be most exciting. Remember the possibility. R.C. Buford is announced as the GM. Yes. That would be the most Let's exciting thing. Let's ride. Let's ride that into the night. Come on, Mike. Send us out on a high note. Uh, R.C. Buford, baby. Woo! Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Check us out on iTunes for exclusive to Glue Guys. Check us out on thebookinggame.com. Brian, good night. Woo! The end of the show, the end of the show, that now you can now go home.